Thou dost speak to Jonathan Mercy. Dost thou understand my English tongue? Answer me. What dost thou want? What canst thou give? Wouldst thou like <laughs> the taste of butter? A pretty dress? Wouldst thou like? Yes. Wouldst thou like to play cards against humanity? <laughs> Wouldst thou like to live with permanent Cheeto fingers? <laughs> Wouldst thou like to listen to This American Life Without the Bleeps? Wouldst thou like to fart inside a sleeping bag? <laughs> Wouldst thou like to stay up past midnight? Wouldst thou like to say a slur online? <laughs> Wouldst thou like to fuck a goat? <laughs> Me particularly. Wouldst thou like to wear a beanie with a brim? <laughs> Wouldst thou like to download a porn picture from LimeWire and print it out? <laughs> And hide it somewhere. Wouldst thou like to hang out with some of my friends from camp? (laughs) (laughs) Wouldst thou like to purchase a copy of Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition or Maxim? Wouldst thou like to get a Disney Plus subscription? thou like to stay up past midnight? Wouldst thou like to ride an electric bicycle? (laughs) (laughs) You go. Wouldst thou like to build a snowman? (laughs) I have one more. Wouldst thou like to curl up with a good book? What will ye from me? Dost thou see the book before thee? Remove thy shift. I cannot write my name. I will guide thy hand. And scene. (laughs) And scene five, six, seven, eight from the top. I have a couple of notes for you, but we can do that off mic. (laughs) Okay, fine. Thank you. Uh, Well, welcome to Magic Camp, everybody. If you... uh, if you've seen The Witch, then... If, if you weren't scared shitless, mm. and you're still hanging around, <laughs> welcome. Welcome. If you can handle um, some really 
fucked up shit. <laughs> Some really s- scary, you know, kind of gory goth. Yeah, but also psychological. Psych- it's psychological and gore, you know? So it's not just the gore. It's also this, the, like, you know, the social commentary, too. Hmm. You know, are you... Do you think you can handle that? Yes, I can. Oh, so you like horror movies? I'm a bit of a horror buff. Okay. Well, you've come to the right place. I've seen The Ring. I've seen uh, uh, all of M. Night Shyamalan's movies, mm-hmm. the scariest movies of all time. Yeah. Because you never know what the hook there or the, uh, what, what is what that the called? Twist. The twist is going to be. I'm on the edge of my sheet the whole time. Right. I'm like shaking and sweating and what's oh going to be the big I mean, yeah. And it, like, I'm frightened, but at the same time, I'm also trying to make a reach around like at the <laughs> reach same around time. <laughs> on you trying know, to do a reach around on the girl who i'm at the movie theater with in seventh grade damn you're trying to wow okay hey man that's what the horror movies were for that was trying all to about. reach around to her shoulder to be clear her shoulder and you know <laughs> yeah that's her, true. the top of her shoulder or like you know Paul's doing a, re- a reach around on a girl on her shoulder. <laughs> Maybe I don't know what a reach around is. Um, Black Phillip does. What's thou like to do a reach around? Black Phillip is a merry-mare king. He rules the land with mirth. <laughs> Paul's wearing a gigantic woolen coat. <laughs> Skipping around. I, I will say of of all the things in that movie, which which is not necessarily a scary movie per se true you know it's a horror film there are definitely scary moments there are scary moments the those two kids argue with the scariest part that girl in particular she's she's pretty she's really good there's the way they the wee girl the the wee little tot of a girl with her little wool coat and the way she skips around black phillip (laughs) like one of the elements of that movie that's just kids are horrifying mm, because they're scary like it's like you don't know like they are you every know, at every single the moment, they want to commune with like spirits. Elbow you right in the balls, <laughs> right? And and if you open up the possibility that that's because they're possessed, because they've been communing with the demonic goat, right? Yeah. And we all know that kids like to hang out with animals, mm-hmm. and and you know if if you are entertaining the possibility that any animal in your you know on your property could at any point become incarnated by a demonic spirit, you know, the floodgates are open at that point for your paranoia. Abby and I were talking, and one of our chickens in particular would be the devil. Right, and I think when I actually texted you that, I was a little worried that it would actually spook you a little bit too much. Because <laughs> there, wa- there were unexplained deaths of chickens. That's true. You know, Ooh, that was, like Blanche that... was killing other... Ch- you had a theory that the big, you know, kind of queen chicken... Blanche was killing other chickens, right? Uh, yeah, I thought that, but there was no evidence of it really. But it was eerie. I mean, when right. when you just find something dead, such yeah. as two of my chickens. Do Do you feel a little bit like um, I don't know his name, that character, but do you feel a little bit like the uh, the patriarch in that family, banished banished to the uh the God outsc- do I outskirts understand of that little, guy. little t- <laughs> Ben can be found on most most winter evenings out in his backyard barking at the moon and crying out to God for why his 
He's been cursed. Hashtag goals. I'm just trying to get kicked out of an already <laughs> religious community for being too religious. <laughs> right? That's the thing is you never under really fully grasp what they get kicked out of their uh, little village for. I would love to. Yeah. Their I would love to for. go into that because I think that. It's for being too zealous. Right. That whole yeah. premise really sets the stage. Totally. Uh, so brilliantly. Mm-hmm. So, but before we go into it, I guess we'll just say um, we're doing a spooky Halloween episode. I decided to turn off the fluorescent overhead light in my basement. Just got one spooky lamp going. Mm-hmm. Um, it's two days before Halloween. We just went and saw um, a high school football game and thirty adorable. First graders do a cheer routine, so it, it's, it's, I guess it, I'm not in like the most macabre mood, but right, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're trying to get, work ourselves into it. Sure, I, I was trying to get in that mindset when you had accidentally locked yourself out of your house, mm. like <laughs> you know. You, but the thing about uh, the horror genre is that there's that element of irony in you know something like Halloween, where the more idyllic the more ripe you are for or uh terror mm-hmm. right so you could you could very well you could impose a, a horror a horror genre horror lens onto this very suburban uh pleasant and good life you live <laughs> thank you for yeah tainting that no experience. offense <laughs> it's like if you want to get dark with it you could um yeah well it's all about looking how can you exercise or access what darkness may be present within your current circumstance, touch that nerve, let it out. Yeah. You right. know? That's yeah. kind of the whole idea. To exercise the repressed, the forbidden spirits. Exactly. Yeah. So that's what we'll be talking about today. And just to give you a lay of the land, we're going to talk about a couple of films. Mm-hmm. I love films. <clears throat> As do I. Um. And we'll we'll talk s- about a little bit of spooky art, but truth be told, we didn't do as much research as right. we should have. Should have so. Mm-hmm. Um, and and truth be told, neither of us are authorities in this. As as um right, you know, couple couple, I would say, you know, plum cheeked basic basic bitches. Mm-hmm. Um, horror is something I've come to kind of later in life. I was yeah. always too scared for it. Had a couple of you know, fairly uh, formative experience with the horror horror movies in which i was scared shitless couldn't sleep uh saw much <laughs> darkness fall did you have saw you watched saw oh i watched saw in eighth grade saw. and really? and hmm. it wasn't the gore so much there were a couple scenes in the movie just about where jigsaw captures the people to put them in their little his little chamber mm-hmm. that were very very scary to me and him riding the little tricycle. This is probably the scariest part of the whole thing. This, the, the mask, the tricycle. To an eighth grader, I mean, it's good as done at that point. Yeah, you've you've got him for real. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> did you have? Thinking... Did you have any really intense horror movie experiences as a kid? Uh, no, never. I don't, I don't think so. I mean, <laughs> there was like the in middle school and high school the stuff that people were watching. Right. Like the ring. See, that was like if you went and saw it in a theater, it wasn't as bad. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think. Because it you had enough kids there where you could all like 
like we're all just doing reach arounds, doing reach around. Again, maybe I'm not understanding what re- I just my understanding is that it's just you know reaching, reaching around, making contact. All right, I'm gonna have to mime what a reach around is for Paul. Okay, here we go. No, I don't think so. <laughs> no, I, don't, I don't think so. <laughs> I think there's probably room for a lot of different interpretations. You're like uh, Job, Job in Arrested Development, the old reach around. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was. I thought it was like a. You're. Yeah, okay. I. I totally. What you're saying is completely innocent. And I totally know what you're talking about. The, the yawn, and I, I'm. To- no, I go. I would go a step further than that. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. He's squeezing something. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> I never did that. I thought you were just not saying, you know just. Contact. I thought you were just talking about putting your we're, arm. We're around gonna have to edit this. A guy, a guy or a gal? No, we're good. <laughs> um. So no, I, I had a f- a few. I would say, really intense. Uh, like basement horror movie experiences, mm-hmm. you know, small sleepover, scary movie, mm-hmm. volume up loud, have to fall asleep it, after the sleepover. Mommy and daddy aren't aren't upstairs. <laughs> you're at a, you're in foreign territory. Yeah, it's Patrick's mommy and daddy. <laughs> they don't know what the hell is it's going Pat, on down it's here. Pat's house. Yeah, <laughs> you're you're no, you're on your own, man. Two blocks away, <laughs> yeah. from home. Um, yeah. Uh so came to horror a little bit later in life only at the point when I felt like it was abs- actually necessary or actually understood the benefit and appeal of what I described earlier which is kind of tapping into whatever repressed and sort of stuff that you've buried down in the sort of mundane uh routine of your life you got access it you got to bring it up yep you know right well yeah let's get into it let's talk about the witch mm-hmm. um the witch i we just both rewatched uh recently mm-hmm. <clears throat> such a brilliant fucking movie i, I re- it's so amazing perfect perfect movie right um yeah i absolutely love it it's not the scariest thing on earth but it's so so freaking smart and it touches it touches exactly what you were talking about of that nerve that repressed repressed part of the subconscious in the in American life especially where so many horrific things manage to crop crop out of yeah and because they're undealt with sure and i think it is really perfect that it is um you know puritans you yep. know that and you know it also is fitting that one of the best uh other pieces of literature or art about which you know wit, quote unquote rich witchcraft and um you know like the sort of uh more perverted aspects of american spirituality is the crucible definitely mm. a, yeah. a like a you know a, a grandchild of the crucible in a lot of ways um mm-hmm. but the mm-hmm. but the fact that this is like set in puritan new england um at the the sort of dawn of American Christianity. Mm-hmm. It's the it is the epicenter or the 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 birth, the genesis of American horror. Yep. That's where it began. The killings that happen in the witch are the same killings that happen in 
1980 whatever uh as mr halloween guy what's his name uh michael myers michael myers is stabbing sexually active young teenagers same shit different the same day. shit that we can't deal with right in the american mainstream right and thus remains psychotic neurotic repressed and violent um right the same fuel that continues to drive yes so and and yet what's american what's life. so you know what makes it a good horror movie and i'm not an authority on this by any means but um is the fact that there is this social psychological depth and critique Mm-hmm. But also this element that transcends both of those things, you know, that it is still truly it, it uh, you know, stays faithful to the idea that there is some potential of of a supernatural, you know, presence. Yeah, right. You know, it's like it doesn't. Right. It doesn't. Because. Um, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you. Go. I mean, the whole movie, basically the whole first 90 minutes of the movie, it is a I mean, you do see the witch actually in the flesh early in the movie yeah but the question that the you know the movie is provoking in the viewer throughout throughout it is is the witch a a created and sort of social construction social construction that is inherited through this this trauma this fear this psychotic sort of um toxic family structure Right. And and spiritual like uh, rot. Right. I, I don't know for lack of lack of a better word. Um, or is it something an outside entity that is truly preying upon these people? Right. And it's it doesn't answer that question, but it does leave. It, I mean, it. That's what I like is is they don't they don't answer the question one way or the other. Mm-hmm. It the movie takes place within a worldview and it takes it seriously and it doesn't. It doesn't ever say, you know, oh, here's the here's the actual right. reality of it. Right. They do hint at maybe it was a wolf that took the baby. Right. right. Maybe the goat is attacking people, so maybe it's the goat that's right. That's what happened at night. Um, it's but it stays within the worldview of the way these characters understand it, and each and every one of the characters, even Thomason, thinks that the devil is responsible at some point. Right. She thinks the little twins are talking to the devil and that's, mm-hmm. that's where things have gone wrong. Whereas every, everyone else thinks it's her. Right. That, that has done something with the devil. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that's what I really like about it. And I, I want to talk about, um, yeah, exactly like their religious fervor. But um, I also just wanted to say real quick, Anna Taylor-Joy, really great. Really good. One of those few movie stars that we still have. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say pumpkin seed eyes. I've been eating a lot of pumpkin seeds, and I do believe her eyes are the shape of pumpkin seeds. Uh, okay, yeah. People are talking about almond eyes all the time, but not not enough about pumpkin seed shaped eyes. And I'm not talking about pepitas. Pepitas are what's inside the hole mm. of a pumpkin seed. You have more pumpkin knowledge than I was. Do you not shop at Trader Joe's or or? Uh, or do you? Yes or no? I, yes, I do. But <laughs> hey. I keep away from their, you know, their their chintzy, tacky, seasonal stuff most of the time. Well, pepitas could be found in many salads. Pepitas? A pepita, <laughs> a pepita, is little green uh-huh. 
little green thing that appears in salads or 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 maybe I, other I, places. Are you thinking of a sunflower seed? It's like a sunflower seed, uh-huh. but it's a pepita. Okay. And what that is is the seed inside of a pumpkin seed husk, same way that a sunflower seed has the shell which inside could, a pumpkin seed husk right so when, if you were to roast up some pumpkin seeds there's actually you're oh, eating oh, oh, right, 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 you're right, eating right. the husk but there's actually a little oh of inside, course the there's little, a little the, kernel that's sure. a little easier so when i say ref, when i refer to a sunflower seed yeah is that include the, the including the shell well is it or no, is it not just the kernel the inside? That's the, the thing with pumpkin seeds; they have two words. Pepita denotes just the kernel. Oh, okay. Anyways, I don't think her eyes look like pepitas. <laughs> don't get me wrong; I'm not saying that. I'm seriously not saying that. <laughs> I'm saying the hold pumpkin seed as it would come if you were scraping out the inside of a jack o' lantern. Okay. Anyway, she has, you know, beautiful pumpkin seed shaped dark eyes. Okay. And then Ralph Innocent, aka British Todd Packard, <laughs> who's come so far. His he, voice he is, is unbelievable. Amazing. He has an unbelievable voice. And God, like, yeah, his prayer scene is so insane. Brutal. And so And and I mean he's oh my God. I, I he's the like platonic model of a Puritan. Like they yeah. like that is what I picture. The male I will one, forever picture the male one, and then the female one is. Oh my god! Yeah. The, the casting is incredible. Like yeah. so severe, so um, just like austere and and gaunt. Yeah, both of them. Right. It's like I and I don't want to jump to the to the conclusion or anything, but it's so beautiful and and brilliant when. After all of everything that's happened throughout the movie of the sort of like ping ponging of blame and shame hysteria yeah. and hysteria, which is to me is like the whatever quote unquote demonic presence exists in the family is it is passed. It, it is passed along through mm, yeah. fear and sh- and blame. Right. It's like. Now you're the witch. Okay, now you're the witch. Right. You're the witch. Tag, you're the witch. Right. Right? Yeah. That's the idea is that like what was understood to be in this era and even still today, what is understood to be like spiritual um, decay or dysfunction mm-hmm. is, you know, psychological and, and um, <laughs> interpersonal like – miscommunication yeah it's an understatement to say the least but it's everybody once once they reach that sort of threshold where everybody starts to doubt the other person Mm -hmm. and the the goodness of the other person yeah they're all fucked right you know that that is i'm not gonna use the s word that is possession Uh you know what i mean yeah, exactly. And I, I really like, too, that, uh, I mean, you know from the beginning that she's going to become hysterical. Mm-hmm. Like, and, Who, the mother? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it actually begins more with William, the husband. And mm-hmm. there's a moment where she begs him to let them go back. Right. That's what I was about to, that's what right. I was getting to, is that that's what it is. Right. It's like, 
they're they're homesick, they're lonely, they're they're right. they want to go back to England. Right. And like how how yeah. much of puritan obsession and and paranoia was that? Well, that's you know, it let, yeah. that's what the cre- question that it raises is like all these people in in New England right. forming these societies, killing Native Americans, creating this absurd Protestant American religion. How much of it was just like they're hungry, they're scared, they're cold, they want to go f- back to fucking England. What's that like? The taste of butter. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You don't have. There's no butter in in. Right. Like, the rocky shores of of Massachusetts. Right. Exactly. And they talk about getting a butter cow. Right. But it's a distant dream. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's. That, I think the setup is so brilliant. In that they they start off. They're in, of course, like in already Puritan community colony whatever settler community and they've done something to offend everybody right and the implication is they're too religious like they're too serious right i i it's actually hard to imagine what it is but i think that's definitely implied uh-huh of they've gone they, a well they too call far. they said that it is his own prideful conceit that right. that is like leading to his excommunication right so which really, means he's probably accusing everybody of being yeah, he like Un, right. unrepentant and what whatnot. Exactly, and thus I identify with the, <laughs> with William. But <laughs> how so? No, but I really do. Of like, uh, I think yeah. Any person who's had uh, it doesn't even have to be religious, but any sort of like moral mm. moral conviction, right? Or political f- conviction with a moral bent to it, mm-hmm. you know. Has that feeling out. of I'm the only I'm the only real one, and I would love to have a uh, bring this to a climax climax and a confrontation where I can prove that I'm the only true yeah. true believer in this group, right? Um, <clears throat> and not only that, but also the idea of yeah going off and making it on your own Minari style of we're go- we're going to Arkansas and I'm going to start my farm right. and we can do it. God damn, def- I love this movie. And especially the there's part definitely Minari overlap where she she says you can't you can't raise any crop uh-huh. you can't uh, I can't remember what she says you can't do anything but chop wood basically right he sucks at farming uh-huh. he can't hunt the only thing he can do is chop wood and that's what puts him over the edge yeah uh, it's so smart yeah it's it's brutal uh, <laughs> it's brutally good but what yeah poor but, guy yeah right and what I think is so brilliant about it is like you're saying. God, the oddity and just like it's it's I think historically a unique horror of the religious context and culture and layers and layers of symbols and um, history that was building up in Europe and England for centuries and centuries, which at one point were serving some cultural purpose, right? Mm-hmm these religious signifiers and worldview did something at some point for some community, I think. But over time through the Reformation and then all the Catholic Protestant fighting within England comes to this point where the Puritans are created. And it's, it's like this religious ideology that has at its root some cultural basis, but becomes 
more and more detached, more and more theoretical, more and more just completely yeah. abstract. In the wilderness. Right. Until they get the opportunity to go take it to another continent yeah. all by themselves mm -hmm. and live out their fantasy of like this pure theoretical experiment yeah. of just, yeah, completely detaching the theology from its actual communal context. Right. And then, so that happens, and then it's in the movie raised to the absolute contradiction where he's pitched, or the family is pitched out of this colony, uh -huh. and it's just, they've completely lost all cultural social context, yep. and now they're in this, this tiny little circular loop of just their religious ideology and thoughts going insane in their own heads. Complete, complete, like really seeing that the ideas become unmoored from a community. Right. Yep. yep. And how then everyone is killed because of it. Yeah. That that you know I couldn't have put it better myself. That that is what it what it is about and how it you know what it expresses perfectly. Um, and <laughs> another thing that I I feel uh, pretty strongly about and that every time i've seen it like three or four times now but by the time that everything goes you know everything goes awry and it's just thomas and left standing which what happens to the kids uh they're they, killed by the goat I that's think. right yeah or they're killed in the night oh poor kids yeah well but they you know kind of little shit kind of little shits <laughs> who made a deal with the devil yeah. um who made it who made a pact with black philip <laughs> Definitely. They commune with Black Phillip. Um, <laughs> when it's just Thomason left standing, it's like, hell yeah, I would like to taste of butter. Yeah, you right. Know, like, In a pretty dress. It's, it's the alternative, not just to her family, but to what was presented at this time, culturally, historically. Like, if witches were really a thing, mm -hmm. it's like, Hell yeah! They're all off in the woods, off in the woods, making butter and dancing. <laughs> and well, it. doing other things too, but um, you know that that's the another sort of way of looking at it is is, I mean, obviously there's the the feminist critique that's like probably the most prominent um, sort of through line in the the movie is how this sort the of film the film um, film this patriarchal. Film structure and th theological um lens or hierarchy naturally lends to the disenfranchisement of the women in the family you know the the mother first and yeah. then thomason you know who the the mom first being just like utterly just consumed by her own paranoia and and yeah but first like mourning Right, mourning, That's but what then sends her off the deep end. But her mourning is is uh, invalidated by her belief in some God. ways. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like she can oh, because of this. Well, that's another point I, I should make. Is that like I love that the first scene between uh, the father and uh, the little boy. What's his name? Uh, What's the kid's name? Caleb. Caleb. Yeah. They're walking through the woods together, and his father's just casually reciting with him, like, 
thou yeah, art yeah. thou art a sinner the catechism you know i am a yeah you know i am wretched and beyond saving save the the grace of christ right this like self-loathing theology where all, all is you, you are the the ultimate example of of like spiritual decrepitude yep. and and his mother or their mother only processing the death of her baby through that lens right you know and the only way of interpreting the trauma that they've experienced as a spiritual one right what what is the test that god has given us here why did this happen how is this a uh, a trial for us to repent and overcome and um so she inherits that first and then it's passed on to thomason who is in the beginning of the movie at least somewhat innocent but by the end of it completely corrupted by the uh by the things that are projected onto her and yeah. the, the blame and the the uh fear that is projected onto her yeah and so what you know what are you going to do with that what's a better alternative go dance in the woods naked that sounds pretty good pretty good you get to float up you get to float float up up high who knows how high get to ride a broom she went at least 20 feet high she could be going even higher Mm -hmm. you do have to consume human (laughs) child flesh you you need to get out your uh lake cruise mortar and find a baby and i'll just say that much yeah um no totally shit man god that movie's it's fucked up but it's so good did all mankind fall on Adam's first transgression? Transgression, the Did covenant he... being made with Adam, not only for himself but for his posterity, all mankind descending from him by ordinary generation sinned in him and fell with him, in his first transgression. Obviously, you knew that. That's from the Catechism. This one's from the Westminster Catechism. Uh-huh. I don't know. Were they doing the Westminster or the Heidelberg? I couldn't tell. <laughs> <laughs> what is the misery of the estate? Uh, a state wherein two men fell. All mankind, by their fall, lost communion with God, are under his wrath and curse, and so made liable to all the miseries of this life, to death itself, and to the pains of hell forever. Amen. <laughs> Yikes. I'm sure that's not the worst of it, but I was just scanning. No, that's what I, I love so, like, <clears throat> that's just one of the best lines ever, Black Philip, of what's that like the taste of butter? A pretty dress. What's that like to live deliciously? Because what he's saying is so perfectly innocent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's that like? California pizza chicken. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, that's a joke. That's a joke I'm working on. If there were a California pizza chicken <laughs> in Denver, that's how I plan to gaslight my kids of just saying it, <laughs> saying it a little wrong like that. I'm wondering if that's what our dad was doing. <laughs> All our lives, just I, yeah, he definitely was. And I things noticed, a little wrong. I noticed yeah. that you do that. You yeah. pick, you pick that up when you drive Satan crazy. When you call Fortnite, fork knife, fork knife, and yeah. so yeah, de- Dad was definitely gaslighting us when he called the uh, famous Dave, David Buster's. 
Yeah, what's th- what's thou like the taste of California pizza chicken? What's thou like the taste of Dave and Buster's? Yeah. No, but uh, I'm... It's such a serious problem because... What is? I've just, I've just even spent time with some people who truly are neurotically obsessed with... S- their own sin? Their own sin and... Uh, yeah, the forbidden nature of completely innocuous things, mm. such as the taste of butter, and are tr- truly so wrapped up in hating themselves for for liking for butter, liking butter, or liking a pretty dress. They God. just want to wear a pretty dress. It's insane. Yeah. Do you think if you if you if they watched The Witch, they would have any idea what was no. what what was going on? No. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. They need to. <laughs> need to watch the witch um or they could God, give it a, it's so good it's about it's about the nature of sin it's about, see that i actually in my um it's about evil that is that is so funny you say that because i was as i was looking up the the quotes from the brilliant last scene of the movie for us to uh poorly imitate um <clears throat> i found an article for and some christian blog basically saying that it's mm-hmm. about like the banality of sin, mm-hmm. the banal. Oh yeah, like wow, wow. Yeah, you know, sin is just the taste of butter, right? You know, <laughs> or like, isn't that isn't that so? Um, you know, such a such an indictment on like how trite evil is. It's that it's just, it's just simple, right? Huh. It starts with uh, Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition. Before you know it, you're watching gay porn. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah, no, it's um. Here's a conversation I had. I the, had the mindset is is completely toxic. Yeah, here's a conversation I had. I myself have had a vasectomy. Okay. okay. All right. Well, I was explaining this to some friends, mm-hmm. saying then, um, so you get it, right? Then you go home for two weeks, then you jerk off and send them. <laughs> A, a little a little vial of stuff uh-huh and they can tell you if there's any sperms in there right and they can tell you if the if the procedure worked or not i could see where this is going my friends were seriously scandalized by this idea by the idea of that you would jerking off that you would have to do this medically mm-hmm. i mean the looks on their faces were like oh my god like <laughs> that's awkward it's fucking medical, dude. Oh my right. god! Like, oh my god, you gotta you just gotta work it, that stuff out. The most basic starting point. Mm-hmm. Anyways, <sighs> it will cut that part. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. The witch is great. It's an incredible film. Um, I mean, I I wonder if it's it's just the perfect movie for for us. It's it's so <laughs> yeah. Like, no, it really is. I mean, it's you complete. pair this with the Mark, you know, you go w- listen to the Mars Hill podcast, then watch The Witch. You yes. got you, you can write a master's thesis on that. That's true. It's the same shit, different day. Dude. Does perhaps Mark Mark Driscoll have his exact voice? William's voice? No, 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 no. He he wishes. Driscoll's, oh, oh, dang, Dr- Driscoll's got a high-pitched voice. That's true. When he yells, he gets all pinched and yeah, that's and nasal. So true. That's so that true. guy's like, he's like down in his diaphragm. That's true. Bellowing at 
at the Lord. Yeah. At at uh Yahweh. Um rest in, may he rest in peace uh that guy, that dad. It just <laughs> Who? just God. Sl- <laughs> Mr. Nietzsche over here, Mr. Nietzsche, um, you know, skewered by Black Phillips' uh, horns. Tough way to go. Tough way That's to go. That's how I'm going to go. Kill, kill. Blanche, my golden chicken, <laughs> impaling me. Impaled, impaled by his chicken. Yeah. Um, um, absolutely. Go watch, go watch the film if we haven't already ruined it for you. But um, how do you think it compares to Hereditary and Midsommar? I haven't seen Hereditary since the... Well, I've only seen it once since the first time uh, I saw it, you know, around when it came out. And I will never watch it again. Okay. And this is not the... You know, it's the, okay. It's the okay. complaint or the, the uh, trepidation of, you know, like a Christian person who watches a movie about demon stuff and and uh possession you don't it's know like, what you're messing it's like with. this is this is you real don't you don't know what, what you're, you don't know what messing, you're messing with. with no not that at all i i will give credit to ari aster as a filmmaker for two movies in a row just making me incredibly uncomfortable and freaking me the fuck out in every possible way regardless of the of the spiritual or religious um content those movies are just terrifying and incredibly disturbing and upsetting in so many ways aesthetically i mean hereditary i can't even i I can't even explain it it's so scary it's so 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 upsetting i i don't know what to say i don't have any articulate in like academic viewpoint on it other than what i was saying to you before i think he he is interested in enacting on his audience the or making his audience feel not just afraid but but spiritually oppressed psychologically um damaged mm-hmm. led to slaughter midsummer is fascinating i'll say that i think it's i think it's pretty brilliant but i'm also i was watching it and was pissed off Multiple times throughout the movie, mm-hmm. because it's like, why? Why are you doing this? Why are you making me feel this way? You put, you puts these atonal, um, discordant. This the soundtrack is brilliant, but it's also horrifying, or the the score, I should say. The sounds these people make, the things they do, the visuals. It's terrifying, and it makes you feel like shit. Is he? Is he trying to? Is it a he? Yes. Ari Asshole. <laughs> exactly. Is he trying to traumatize, like yes. literally to inflict trauma? He's trying to inflict trauma on the audience. Right. Because the the movies are about trauma in ways, in a lot of ways. They're about trauma and grief. And that's that's credit to him for that, for, for addressing those subjects in real ways and attempting to to actualize them like on screen aesthetically but why what why do what what's the point of making your viewer feel 
trauma. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? Right, because yeah, it, the the more poetic way of of depicting trauma and pain is is really not to do it directly. It's like to recapture it and make it dramatic or or uh, beautiful in in some way. Yes. And to me, that's more in line with the actual purpose of art, right? Versus Actual, exploitation exploitation and actually just right replicating trauma yeah yeah I, I i'm i'm at my least articulate about this i feel at the moment i i, I mean it's fine to say if it's i don't know I, they're I mean, not they're I, I'm, I'm i'm this is not a again i'm not feeling very articulate about this at the moment i, I bought a car today i spent most of my day in a car dealership and uh my brain is fried but hashtag goals yeah catch up bro um no i that that you i think you're onto something there that he is a competent enough artist to do that you know to express or or um kind of refract trauma through narrative but the narrative is not what's prominent or what is important what's important in his movies is these like aesthetic simulation of of fear trauma and just outright like dread yeah. You see like, what I mean? It's like the videos they show Jason Bourne in order to fuck up his brain and make him into a mindless killing machine. Exactly. I mean, there is, honestly, like, yeah, that's been a s- ongoing social experiment of can you simulate can you simulate trauma right. in order to control like, people? For sure. And and he would be an amazing, if, if the CIA were ever to hire Ari Aster for MKUltra, he would be their guy like he would he would cr- do amazing work in traumatizing soldiers to become killing machines yeah you know what i mean right like cuz it's it's i'm exaggerating right now anyway uh, it's very hard to explain if you haven't seen them and i know that if i were to watch it again i would probably not feel as strongly um but i think when people analyze these movies and say, oh, this is so brilliant, this is so this, this is so that. They're taking for granted so many things. And they're they're giving too much credit to him. Honestly, and and not, yeah. not crit- critical enough of what he's not doing. I mean, artists aren't necessarily brilliant, you know? Some of them are just dipshits. I'm right. not saying that about him. I'm just saying there's no... It's hard, it's hard, very hard to tell in our culture, like, it's sometimes hard to separate like right something brilliant from something not and i haven't seen him so i can't say but it's also like there's no reason to do backbends to try and defend something that's yeah i won't try to defend it i mean i'll defend it to the extent that i was i'm a, i always have felt immersed and overwhelmed and engaged mm-hmm. by by what those movies are doing and what they evoke and what they make me feel but the ultimate purpose, the ultimate end is what, where I say, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Why, why are you doing this? Yeah. What, what, what is your intent? 
Yeah. You see what I mean? Yes. Absolutely. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. 1.5 out of 5 bags of popcorn. <laughs> for Ouch. hereditary 2.5 out of 5 bags of popcorn for uh Midsummer. Abby and I almost watched it. Watched the witch instead. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> Aiden before I was putting him to bed was saying uh can we watch Squid Squid Game? <laughs> Cuz he heard you explaining about Did he hear? Yeah. I I thought it was okay. I think he was like well, he said he said all of his friends watch it, which That's is crazy, insane. I doubt it. I he has some context for it. You think? And I you do think believe. I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised that not all of his friends, but some kids right. in third grade have older brothers in fifth grade. Right. You know, and and they watch it. Fifth like, grade. <laughs> I don't know. Um, speaking of, my daughter has a friend who. She's her age, but she has older brothers. She's gone over to her house to play. She came home and said, she has in her house full-size, like, horror mannequins, like Mm -hmm. creepy clowns and, like, guys with knives that they leave around the house year-round. Dang. And I was like, I'm not cool with this. Like, (laughs) what the fuck is going on there? Like, who's the dad? That's Uh my main thinking. Right. For real. I think the deal is that the older brothers are just very into Halloween and the neighbors kind of egg them on. Like they do cool Halloween right. decorations and everyone's like, oh, that's so awesome. And so they just leave them up all year. Mm-hmm. And then they're also just like disorganized and messy. Right. That's my most generous reading. But mm-hmm. anyways, yeah, he was asking to watch that. And I was like, he said, it's a horror. I was like, well, it's not a horror. It's, it's just stupid. Yeah. <laughs> just violent. Yeah. And sorry if people like Squid Game, but uh, I watched the first episode and I thought it was stupid. I haven't watched it. I was busy watching movies that I was going to critique tonight. Oh. Oh, the ones we just talked about. Yeah. Blackfoot is a merry merry king. He rules the land with mirth. Sing ba ba ba, sing ba ba. King King the black. He'll knock thee to the back, (laughs) to thy back. (laughs) Oh man! And we're back. And we're back. And we're back. And Paul has been communing with Black Philip. We'll see how it goes from here. Um. All right. Let's pivot to art. Um. I guess first I'd like to say. Uh, by way of catching up, I had mentioned to you, I've now attended two life drawing um, open studio sessions at the Art Student League of Denver. Shout out to all my Esseld peeps. Wow. Wow. I'd like to see you do that. What do you I, want, a medal? I'd like to see you keep your calm when the model comes there and drops trow. <laughs> And it might be a big old fat guy. (laughs) You never know. (laughs) You never know what you're going to get. That's the, you know, the beauty of it, figure drawing. I did actually want to talk about it, Paul. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, yeah, I'm trying to, 
I'm I'm trying it out or I'm not trying it out. I'm I have an energy to go out and make some some art friends, do some more magic camp IRL, mm-hmm. plug into the community. This may be a good opportunity to say if you are a magic camp listener who lives in the Denver proper or oh, yeah. extended Denver area, hit us up. Look us up. For sure. And if let's anyone link, out there... Let's link up. Let's connect. Watch this space. <laughs> and if anyone out there wants to <coughs> go to go to uh, Open Studio... Go to a seance. A seance or an Open Studio. Uh, actually, quite a few similarities between the two. <laughs> um, hit me up, because I would definitely love like to go draw with some people. Mm-hmm. It's interesting... Um, it's super cool. I mean, it's it's definitely SCAD vibes. It's like they own a couple big old buildings in like South Broadway area, Baker, I guess. Um, and they they have a ton of classes going on, which were very well attended. Like when I went, there's at least three or four classes going on. And this is like, you know, uh, on a Thursday night. And then the open, open studio sessions. Um, and interestingly enough i'm not i'm not surprised about this but life drawing i would expect the same out of anything that's more traditional like you know portrait painting in oil class or like landscape painting in pastel class is more older folks i i guess i don't know about older but it's a certain type of basically who i will probably be in 20 years mm-hmm. of like um yeah like 50 year old guys who are like oddly wearing a vest <laughs> and and this is that you said this is oil i i'm talking i'm talking about just anything that's more traditional right like and so what i the only thing i've done so far is to go to a life drawing session you know a figure study Versus I look over across at like the printmaking mm-hmm. open studio, sort of like just, just different like mixed media. A bunch of snappers. Yeah. I'm like, well, those are the people I want to be friends with and I'm, I'm here to make friends. Yeah. I'm well, by contrast, when I go anywhere, I'm not here to make friends. <laughs> I'm here to win. Well, maybe you should go to the printmaking stuff. Although print, printmaking just always feels so, so many extra steps. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. I never was able to grasp the the like appeal. Maybe it's the pro the process is so much more arduous in a way. I'll tell you what. Step one, step two, carve, roll, play, uh, print. (laughs) You know the steps. I I know. I know the steps. Kind of. I've seen printmaking done. I've never done it myself. Let me explain this concept to you of mono print which is where you go through all those steps in order to get one print, mono print. Right. So you don't even get, hey, I made this wood block. Now I can get pull 50 prints off of it. Mono print is you go through all this crazy process with your equipment and you only get one. Why can you only get one? Because that's what it is. It's like you like maybe you've got like ink that you put on glass and then you press it onto paper. See, that's my point is that it seems like process for the sake of process. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it definitely does it is a lot that way but there are there are just cool things I'm you sure can it's do sick. i'm sure it's sick. there are just yeah cool look, things I, i'm a, look i'm a philistine 
in terms of uh, visual art making. You know, I can I can paint a, I can paint a nice, you know, outline of a mountain. Yeah, range. That's you're, about it. You're 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 a paint practitioner. Mm. Um, yeah, I think. Um, anyways, I've gone twice. Brought my pastels. Nice. Which are the most underrated medium of all time. Um, my uh, and just have our elementary school art teacher. She was fond of pastels. Pastels are great because. And I think any type of drawing is I'm just really fond of right now because it's so direct and intuitive and it's the way you really feel like you should be able to make a mark. The brush is just so alien. I can't really get around it. It's so indirect. Um, For a best brush. No, I mean a brush. Like I'm contrasting drawing to uh -huh. painting. Like yeah. brushes just so. See, a brush is more... Um natural to me than a than a really a tip hmm. if it's just the tip <laughs> i can't do it it's not enough i don't know i like using just the tip <laughs> <laughs> okay anywho well, anywho anywho any whom i want to relate this to you also get your advice here uh recently we had like repositioned our bedroom Put okay. a smaller bed in our bedroom. Uh, too much information. <laughs> <laughs> but, so I was in a position to decide what to do with a bunch of clothes. Uh-huh. Okay. Because I, I used to put them in my, my under bed Ikea uh -huh. drawer, my splonf or whatever that drawer is called. Um, and so anyways, I just went scorched earth on my closet right. to J, DJ crewify it, as I know you've gone I've, through I've this process yourself yeah i've been going through that uh deconstruction right and it's it was even more severe for me i think because i'm i'm a a layabout you know stay at home <laughs> boob like work from home phony pants see and i actually need clothes for work i know that's what i'm saying yeah. i don't like mm -hmm. and so i really don't need the button down plaid button right. down ensemble yeah so anyways i put it all away i haven't given them all away yet i haven't mm -hmm. pulled the trigger but I was really thinking, I was running late and really torn about what to wear to such an event. So what would you do? To a an, uh, an art-making function? Yep, downtown Denver. I wouldn't go with the J. Crew button-down, that's no. for sure. Right. Um, unless it's a, a uh, you know, kind of a distressed denim sort of thing. Okay. Uh, but, but you've got to then sort of undermine it in certain ways. Okay. See what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, honestly, I, I don't even know. I, I have no idea. It depends on the temperature. It depends on the weather. You know? Well, it was like a week ago. <laughs> if I can get away with it's wearing fall, some kind so of... So all the options are yours. Exactly. So if it's fall, you know, the world is your oyster. <laughs> Sartorially speaking. Yeah. Um, you can wear some sort of like goofy pullover. Slouchy pullover. I actually basically did do that. Right. <laughs> no. Um, you know, I wouldn't say that it, it, a button down is off limits per se, mm -hmm. but but it has to be worn, um, dressed dress it down, right? Of course. It probably has more to do with your what you do with your shoe, what you do with your pants, okay, than what you do with your top. 
I right. I do agree with that. I think that the shoe actually carries the load. All right, so tell, I'll tell you what I did, and you can critique. Mm-hmm. Bear in mind, I just don't have many options right now because I went scorched earth. Sure, I, I'm I'm limited myself. I wore these pants, okay, which are He's wearing sweatpants. Which, sweatpants, <laughs> fair jogger style. These are actually pretty n- not nice, but they're they look they're a thicker material. Sure. Okay. Right. Yeah. Boots. Boots. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And then a uh, crew neck sweater, which you haven't seen, which has some flowers on it. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. I think it was fine. I think it's great. I think it's great. And I love that you're having to make these choices. This is what I was going to say about, um, you know, I heard a story about, about Aiden this week mom, that mom told me that he, he had a, he had a, a thing about football this week, <laughs> you know, where he didn't, he didn't know how to play didn't, football. Didn't know the rules because of the rules. his dad. <laughs> it's great. He doesn't need to know the rules of football. I mean, <laughs> yeah. But those experiences are important. Yeah. Of of not knowing how to play football. Yeah. Then you decide, oh, do I want to learn how to play? Do I want to learn the rule? You know, <laughs> what you heard him say tonight. He's I don't like, like, I don't care. I don't I'm like, like football. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's like because because mom had said, you know, oh, Aiden was a little nervous because he didn't know how to what football was or how to play, and I and she he was got like, called out on the playground. He got called on the playground. You know, that's fine. Yeah. Same goes for your pants. You got to make those choices. And that's what we are losing in this day and age. Can you? Isn't it crazy how much more is at stake for my eight-year-old than for me? Like, <laughs> no one is going to, if I walked into art thing. Well, and, we've been through all that. Yeah, I know. But then everyone yells at me about my pants versus, <laughs> for him, it is, those are the stakes. If he runs the wrong way in the football game. Right, which is, which is why, <laughs> that's childhood. Mm-hmm. Is it not? You know, not for better, for worse. Yeah, right. Like, in many ways, we're learning the incredibly limited and and oppressive, like, social expectations of our society. Mm-hmm. But we're also learning how to navigate such questions. Yeah. Um, but then when you're an adult, it doesn't matter. It's just how are you surviving and, you know, paying your bills. Yeah. Nobody gives a shit beyond that. Right. Um, okay, one more commentary about childhood before uh, before we get into a little more art content. Um, we were at this football game, and I was thinking to myself, I mean, I think I enjoyed high school. If, very, I, if, I, if I got very, on that field little. right now, I would, be, I would just fucking dominate. These kids. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, no, but I, I, I was realizing I did not enjoy high school very much. Um, but, and one thing specifically about the feeling of a football game is I felt even at the time that it was like already contrived, contrived. Mm-hmm. It was, especially at our high school, 4,000 people. It's, it is one of the more or most contrived events of the high school experience. Right. And I felt like we were already just faking yeah you know as this idea of like a small town community where we're all gathered right. around one yes one event and that it felt that way tonight it didn't feel extreme you know like to you know like in a way that was like oh we gotta get out of here it was like kind of nice you know yeah to, to, to an extent right but you know didn't doesn't phase me i was on the field <laughs> yeah you were you were the guy going like this 
trying to pump the crowd. You're on defense. I'm like, come on, let's go. Let me hear you. I saw a guy. I did no, this I was on in Madden. the audience. I, I was not in the audience. I was on the sidelines. Right. So I had a. I had let's a, go. I guess we didn't say that back then. I think it was just coming come into. On. It was that was just coming into uh, prominence. And it's, this is our house. <laughs> this is our house right here. This is our house. This is our house. Are we going to defend it? And in this house, (laughs) science is real. (laughs) Science is real. That would be a real synthesis moment. That would be like, (laughs) we must protect this house. (laughs) Science is real. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um... Anyway, uh, what, what's your point? I don't know. <clears throat> no, it was a very. Um, we were going to talk about Midsummer. We can't get into that. Like, I only talked about Hereditary, mostly. Yeah. But being, bringing it back to the point of kind of cultural rituals, and like. Right. But to be conscious of a ritual, does not necessarily negate the value of the ritual. That's the thing. You appreciate that more as an adult. Yeah. And you appreciate construction, you know, as valuable. But when you're a thoughtful, critical 17-year-old, you're just like, man, what the, this is all just a big facade. Yeah. I mean, but to an extent, too, it's also really not working. Like, if you can't actually enjoy it, it's not working for you. Yeah. And if you're not of, immersed in it, right. is it really a re- – is it a ritual – Right. And the pro- part of the problem, I think, is like that our actual structural reality is changing so fast that like the symbols don't have a chance to keep up. So yeah. when you're at a massive suburban high school mm-hmm. and, you know, this whatever idea or social construct, the football supposed game is supposed to be is only going to work for five percent of the population right. and the rest are just feel the, alienated the from adults. It. Right. Mm-hmm. The. uh your future real estate flippers and <laughs> yeah. uh, uh-huh. loan officers. Um, but anyways, there's something there. I think, yeah, like, like you were saying of the impulse of horror is to, is to expose that underbelly. Right. So it did be on the night of the, of the big, of the big game, mm-hmm. the homecoming versus game. the rival team, versus the rival, the, the, um, the, uh, the bobcats you know the poor school (laughs) (laughs) with the tough kids from the poor school yeah yeah um it would be later that night michael myers shows up later that night later that night trying to get a little you know quarterback qb qb1 is trying to you know capitalize on on the success of the evening and up comes some some dark demonic force from the you know from the outskirts of that suburban place. It's naked guy or naked man. Naked man. Oh my god. Naked man was a guy from Niqua? Yeah, naked Dude, man. That was, yeah, go on. Naked man go was off. a guy who between the years of 2006 and 2007 for like <laughs> Was that a full year? It was like I don't know. It was like a month. Yeah, for like five or six weekends, turned went basically retro retrospectively. It was discovered 
went onto campus on a Saturday or at Sunday our, at our high school and walked around naked through the hallway. And there was video footage of him at night. He was just walking through the school, butt ass naked. That's horror. And you were at this, like, I remember seeing that just being like, huh, funny, <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. Like, now I think about it, it's like, that is so insane. Yeah. And dark and, and hilarious. And he wasn't completely he alone. Was a total like, perv. It was pretty much known that, like, there would be sports events or something going on in another part of the school it was on weekends but it was not well like... that's who found him was like there was a church in the in the school on a sunday and somebody was in the building and they found him in the locker room <laughs> god that's horrifying that's that, that that you know that got less um took up less in my mind and my friends minds than uh i think it was that i don't know if it was at Nikwa or if it was at Naperville north it was the kid who, who cummed in all the ranch dressing. <laughs> you remember this? Vaguely. A kid was routinely going into the cafeteria, taking the ranch dressing bottles and little, uh, or like ramekins. Yeah. Plastic like capsules. Yep. Going to the bathroom. Do the do. This is confirmed fact. This is confirmed. Are you fact. sure about this? 155 percent and he was he was putting them back in the cafeteria <laughs> this wasn't at our school right this was at i it was either at Nikwa or is that central that's crazy and he told of a, a told he was like he went to a buddy's like hey dude i've been coming in the ranch dressing <laughs> for a month and somebody snitched on him um what's thou like but the taste but, of cum ranch <laughs> this brings us back to the the very first point, which is like the, the latent, repressed, exactly inexpressible. It really that se- is sexuality of Americans. Yeah, what do you do Ooh, with yeah. all that? Two hundred fifty years later, you come in the ranch dressing. <laughs> yeah, you, you walk through the, the, suburban, you know, super school naked at night. Yep, totally, it's one and the same phenomenon. Now to make. To actually make this more dark and not funny, um, remember when when people were hit by a car after a football game? I was right nearly there. hit by that car. I know. Mm-hmm. And that's the more real, right? like, n- not just, like, funny, provocative side of things of, right. like, while all this joy and it's, like, artifice is going on, uh-huh. you know, horrible things. Horrible, absurd things happen. Yeah. Because of malice and because of, yeah, just absurd meaninglessness. Yeah. At the same time. Yeah. And part of, yeah, as you were saying before, part of part of the impulse of horror is be- that you have to deal. You have to be able to deal with that in order to be a, like, an adult, mm-hmm. without a like childish repression mechanism like Mm -hmm. that will come back to bite you later on sure and that's maybe a good segue into the only art that we have prepared for the evening i have a few Uh uh-huh so what i'm gonna do i have some scary scary really scary art pulled up on my (gasps) apple iphone i just looked at it (gasps) and i'm gonna show them to you and 
I just want you to react to them. Okay. Here's the first one. Go. Oh my God. Yeah. All right. Eight legged freaks. I like it. Ooh. Ugh. The sort of kind of like slightly human grin of the spider and the hairy bushiness of the body of the spider. I feel like I've seen that spider. But the tile floor, too. Ooh, it's that's sick. That's a great painting. That's Odalyn Redden. Mm-hmm. Um, circa, I don't know, 1860 or something like that. Really? Yep. Wow. Yeah, Odalyn Redden is, is I've always really liked. Um, um, let me just show you a couple others. He is... Um, he comes out of like the symbolist movement, which comes out of romanticism. I, I love it. I would we think have an eye that's kind of uh, suspended in the air, almost like a hot air balloon, like a like a sort of dis uh, disembodied eyeball. Yeah, I really like though how that is uh, like mixing with technology, right? Uh -huh. mo the modern. A modern marvel like a hot air balloon or a blimp. Sure. Um, it's like Tesla, right? Absolutely. Paul's new car. Paul just got a Tesla, he's got guys. A Tesla, guys. Woo. Feels he, good. He's been Feels on that grind. Be, he's uh, been on that grind, and he finally achieved his dream. What you know? What my next goal is? A different Tesla. <laughs> the SLG. Uh, X. Electro cube. I mean, whatever this guy, Elon, is bringing out, I, I'm here for it. <laughs> um, no, he didn't get a Tesla. Just, just so you know. Okay, next image. I think I've seen this one before. Yeah, I'm sure you have. Um, we have what appears to be uh, the the head of Elvis Presley, <laughs> and the the body of. I've had that haircut exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a sort of like uh, Francis Bacon esque sort of like human portrait, like human body portrait, mm -hmm. but more uh, enlivened. Not necessarily like just exposed ribs and flesh, but nearly there. It's like half skeleton, half um, human body, but also kind of. Uh, the guy lead singer from uh green day <laughs> yeah it does look like him mm -hmm. big head real big head yeah uh we're looking at egon Schill, who um i associate most with uh yeah sort of borderline grotesque human forms naked and sort of distorted and disjointed um okay i'm gonna show you one now pubic hair sorry go ahead <laughs> All right, what do you think of that? Oh my god. That is insane. <laughs> We're looking at what looks to be the BFG <laughs> uh eating a dude's arm who's already had his head eaten off. Basically a big giant guy eating a human being. Well, you know who he's eating? No. That's Saturn eating his only son. Well, this is one of the Goya paintings. Yeah. That's, that's uh, I mean, one of the best ones. It it almost looks like he's eating a chicken, like a chicken body, mm -hmm. but it's like 
God, that is an incredible painting. Yeah, that is. Did you say the title? Saturn devouring. Sa- Saturn devouring his son. Yeah. Is is um. 1819 through 1823, Francisco Goya, um, based on the myth of um, you know, the, the god Saturn, eating his son because he was worried that he would try to usurp him. Oh, is that the deal? Yeah. I don't know this myth. I did a little research. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Some Freud shit. Some Freudian shit for sure. Pre-Freud though. So let's uh yeah, we're gonna go in here on the <clears throat> the black paintings of Goya, which mm-hmm. is what, like a dozen or so images from later in Goya's life. Now, I don't know if you caught this one. It, this could be the last one. Check this out. From Goya's black paintings. Yeah. Oh, that's Black Philip right there. Black fucking Philip. Dude. So the so the goat the goat is, you know, like the demonic animal form. Because of the eyes. I don't know why. And the horns. The horns, the eyes. Probably some shit that goats were up to, you know, beyond just the way they looked. Mm-hmm. So we have um what is this one called? Uh it's a goat. Black, it's, it's, a black goat also wearing a, a sort of cloak. I think it's called Witch's Sabbath. She's oh. <sighs> got, got chills. <laughs> and it looks like Black Philip is the center of this seance, per- perhaps preaching right to a bunch of witches. I think that's what's happening. Yeah, give me a little, little sermon, a little give advice. Give me a little sermon. Um, how about this one? This is two 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 men fighting with cudgels. This is another one of of Goya's black paintings. It's just two guys trying to kill each other. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of a Cain and Abel sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but could just be any old blokes, you know, who end up with cudgels and a little bit of a disagreement betwixt them. Could be you and I. Could be you and me. If if we had the weapons to to, you know bash each other with well I w- i'm not above shooting you in the face with a slingshot <laughs> uh i believe you're mistaken it was well it wasn't you it was it was once again it was pat <laughs> of, of the aforementioned patrick black pat who you gave you handed him our airsoft gun or your airsoft <laughs> gun and said yes you can shoot paul with it if you want and pat proceeded to shoot me in the eye it's true because i i actually would never swing for your head as the, as the older brother i would feel bad sure versus i mean you, head, headshots you were came l- for the face so only only on occasion on a rare occasion i think i can i can recall in detail only one or two times where i actually punched you in the face i didn't even feel it <laughs> <laughs> um <clears throat> yeah so these are um, some very interesting paintings out of Goya, who precedes all of the other paintings that I just tried to shock you with, you right. know, by a century, um, r- roughly. I mean, not not and that even far, precedes uh, one of our most famous. We could look that up real quick. Um, one of the most famous kind of quote unquote horror paintings, which is uh, Edvard Munch's The Screen. Well, I was going to show you. I was that was the last one I was going to show you. Mm-hmm. Um, so Goya was painting in the early 19th century, 
hundreds uh, through the 1830s or so before he died, before he croaked. And um, the black paintings he did when he was deaf, mm-hmm. when he was near death, he was uh, in in a rough condition, to say the least. It's all fucked up. He was all, he was all fucked up. Um, do you have any any other information on that? Well, that they weren't created for a market or a gallery. Right. They were painted on his walls. Yeah. Real manic shit, right? Yeah, painted this stuff on the wall <laughs> of this house. Sure. Um, well, maybe this is a good time to share a quote from our one of our our favorite people, John Berger, who loved Goya, frequently referenced Goya, you know, out of context in many of his essays. He says the the despair of an artist is often misunderstood. It is never total. It accepts his own work. In his own work, however low his opinion of it may be, there is hope of reprieve. If there were not, he could never summon up the abnormal energy and concentration needed to create it. So, if you look at these paintings, if you were to look them up yourself, you know they, you would, you know, see, uh, sort of inklings or. Uh, premonitions of future horror movies in them you know these are about the the worst traits of humankind of the the basest tendencies towards violence and um destruction that we have within us and yet Berger's point here is that to make art about that subject to make art that expresses those the basest, most evil tendencies is in itself an act of hope. Your thoughts? An act of resistance in the age of Trump. <laughs> and I have one, I have another image to show you. <laughs> <laughs> Picture of uh, the, the scream with Trump's face. Is that, is that our, uh, is that our, uh, yeah, a thumbnail for the, for the episode for show. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, or Black Phillip. Yes, I do absolutely agree. And going back to to what I was saying about, I had spent some time with some friends who. Yeah. Who, who love the Lord. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, in that same vein. And very much in that way are ideologically incapable at this point of facing any sort of horror or horrific thought. To me, it's really hard to understand because it's, it's just a matter of flipping a switch of uh, knowing what's possible in this world, that the most horrific things are possible which is enough to change everything really. And not only are they possible, they happen all the, every single day, you know, to people all over the world. And facing that thought is a really, I think important part of deconstructing theism. And I'm not saying like, like that, that means deleting the idea of God, 
but I mean theism as like a controlling thought, theism like as the big guy who, you know, puts everything within certain bounds so that certain things can't happen and won't happen and there are rules and, you know, even if bad things happen, they don't really count because we'll take care of that in the end. Um, but yeah, that, that basically confronting, there's a, there's a very simple and central reality of the horror, the horror of possibility of what's possible in this world can be, or overwhelming. Um, what am I saying? That really, yeah, the, that being in reality can be and is so often so horrific mm. and that there's no governor on reality that stops that from happening to many, many people. And even if it hasn't happened to you, even having the, um, even the idea that it's completely, completely within the bounds of reality is horrifying enough. That's, that's like part of the mechanism of like horror film is like, it doesn't matter if it's real, if it's possible, if this is something we could see in our world, that's bad enough. Like, you know, mm -hmm. it's like that counts as it actually happening. It's an al alternate reality where it is real. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. It, that, that is what, that is the, the thrill and the, the horror of a horror movie is, this may be possible. Mm -hmm. Do we live in a world where this is possible? Right. And what does that mean? Mm -hmm. What is the implication of this happening? Right. And that there's no mechanism to stop it. To stop it. Like Michael Myers. There's nothing to stop him. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that can contain Michael Myers. Well, he doesn't stab so good if you're a virgin. That's the thing. At least in the first movie. He doesn't stab the virgins? No. Huh. That's what's so brilliant. Because he's he's only killing the objects of, you know, sexual, sexual resentment. Right. Yeah. So Jamie Lee Curtis, who's the virgin in the film, mm -hmm. he comes at her. <laughs> he tries to stab her and he's like, he's sliding off her like... Like trying to, mm -hmm. like a dog trying to bite a uh, basketball in a pool. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh my God. So, but it's because she's sexually pure within his right repressed and uh, angry, you know, worldview. Right. And so that purity prevents him from. From killing her. Right. Like, the people who are killed in the film are the promiscuous young teens. Right. Often killed in the act. Yep. Yep. Jamie and Lee Curtis that, is... That, that's yeah. present in most slasher or, like, you know, kind of, like, murder-based movies, <laughs> horror movies. Yeah. Um, Into murder-based movies. <laughs> Squid Game murder-based movie. Come on. I, I'm not gonna watch it. I'm not gonna see it. It's gonna be. It's gonna fade away in the next three weeks. I don't have enough time. No, it's. it's I'm gonna. It's one of those it. things that. It's. Com I. I think is, just the Netflix execs going. We've got to push something right now and I say that this is the biggest bring, series. Bring back Tiger King. Yeah. Right. I'd rather watch Tiger King. Yeah. 
That guy's crazy. <laughs> Sorry. Go on. Um, I, I don't really have a point. I mean, it's... Yeah, I... I, uh, I don't have anything to say. I really don't. Let I me mean, ask it's you this. Like, yeah. Um, you, you had recently bought some uh, artworks off art.com. Mm-hmm. auctioned you know went to the auction at art, art.com and and bid on a few pieces sure and they printed them off on a on an inkjet and sent them to you <laughs> um would you ever buy a creepy goya like what would that be what would that mean like for my apartment yeah um i definitely would yeah if i had the time to do it yeah and like the time to sit and think about the art that I consume mm-hmm. and that I put on my walls. And that was actually kind of like what I was going to say before is I feel like Halloween is great in that like it's it is a holiday. So it actually has the cultural prominence to like allow us to fixate our like m- our minds on it for a week. Yeah. You know, whereas we don't have the opportunity to, to do that. Right. Else, you know, in any other context. Yeah. You know, it's like to, to stop and like orient yourself around a concept around like an aesthetic or spiritual psychological experience. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like with buying art, like or like putting stuff in your apartment, like my my shit is is played out in my apartment right now. I want to get rid of it, of most of it. But I don't have time to figure out like what are the things that I want to relate to. Mm-hmm. You know? You see what I mean? Yeah, totally. But I definitely would, like but only for a time. Right. Like if if I had the Maybe this is what rich people do. Like, it's like they have so much free time. It's like I can curate what I look at every month, you mm-hmm. know, to reflect my uh, internal and psychological reality. That would then be a a uh, probably a um, distorted, you know, reality. Well, but yeah, it's like I w- I would love to be able to do that. Like to to put up a Goya for the, for like a month. Right. You know, that is honestly a good idea, but yeah, it is like, I see what you're saying because it's, it's only, uh, attractive or possible because like we would do those things in the absence of a larger cultural calendar. Yep. Like in cultural flow, of time mm-hmm. and seasons and stuff like that. Cause yeah, there, I mean, before the rena- or before the reformation came in and basically ruined everything, there was like 200 holidays. Fucking reformation. Yeah. I mean, go to Italy. They're still there. Right. And you would have like the, even, even something that's ostensibly supposed to be super important, like Ash Wednesday. I guess that's never been important for Protestants, but like, Holy Week. It's supposed to be Actually, serious. that's one of the few things Protestants actually do is get the little ashes on their heads. Protestants don't do that. Yeah, they do. That's Catholics, bro. 
No, dude. Now they might. At my Christian college, people go get that ashes on their head. Okay, well, a Christian college. Yeah. They're showing off. <laughs> but in high school, it was the it was the Catholic kids who showed up with the cross. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. But that's what I'm saying. And anyways, I mean. Yeah, no, you're right. Yes, as Protestants in the past 10 years have been like, fuck, we ruined everything. Mm-hmm. And we made med- mega churches and, right. and everything sucks. And we need we need to pick back up a little bit of liturgy, right? Um, and so they're going back to some more Catholic type things. But anyways, like, yeah, I mean they're supposed within that cultural context, which is so far in the past now. And um, we, the descendants of the Puritans, have been completely cut astray from that. You know, not, not me, bro. Paul, I'm not, I'm, I'm no descendant of Puritans. Paul. Yes, you are. <laughs> Continue. Um, but, yeah, basically, I mean, you could name a dozen things like that where in a functioning culture and society, you would have rhythms and seasons of today we're just going to think about dying. Mm. You know? Yeah. And now we're going to, you know, for a month we're going to think about our... our mistakes right then we're going to think about our friendships and our the beautiful things we're going to party for a, a month straight yeah. and it'll coincide when uh with when like when all the trees are dying and when it's really cold outside oh and God. then when all this, this is making me so sad to even hear this <laughs> that sounds so good <laughs> and and that's what you know bringing it back midsummer is about that i think mm-hmm. in a lot of ways but it's about the perversions mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. You know, and like how, you know, that, 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 that isn't all good necessarily. Right. It's like these, the characters of these like very Western um, American, like people with no ritual, people with no spirituality whatsoever or like religious iconography whatsoever. And they come into the society where they're those things are you know, they, they are the world. And the clash of those two things. Mm-hmm. But it's seeing the like the ex- the two extremes of like a a society with no meaning, with no religious or spiritual symbology, mm-hmm. and one with one that is so entrenched to the point that it is oppressive and um murderous mm-hmm. you know so it's like those is there such a thing as a middle ground between the two yeah right i th- i feel like that's part of the like one of the major things i i'm always revolving around in the pod is like yeah becoming unmoored from a social context and where do you go from here because you can't you can't fake your way back into it and you can't ignore like the natural process where that becomes decayed and psychotic and murderous. Yep. And then needing to build new things and, and yeah. Um, but like how to, how can we possibly move on from this moment? Um, and I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. 
Just buy shit. Oh, yeah. Get a new car. Feels good. Shopping is so fun. Shopping is good, dude. Feels good. Either online or in in person. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, you know, we don't have any answers. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldst thou like to taste the taste of whipped cream with maraschino cherries <gasps> and stuffed crust pizza, hot pizza? Oh, don't say that, Paul. Don't say that. Paul, please don't go down this road. <laughs> Thou like a Burger King chicken sandwich. What's that like? California pizza chicken. <laughs> <laughs> what what other ways are you intending to gaslight your children? God, so many. <laughs> uh hmm. I don't know, we'll see. As I said it Yeah. Being an adult and then seeing your kids enjoy culture is puts a different perspective on it. And I mean, like, yeah. Like like Ruthie enjoying being a cheerleader yeah, at, the, totally. at the football game. Right. Yeah. Complete. Great. Completely Love it. awesome. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It, it also means something a little bit different, like, in the near post-pandemic. It's like, yes, like go dance at a football game have fun like mm-hmm. just talk to people yeah you know i i for me i'm like do do it all totally do I it totally, all I it's totally better agree. than nothing yeah it's better than what we've been doing yeah and here's here's a little theory to float i think we both agree <laughs> and take for granted that like um all of our social structures are falling apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I wonder if, um, or I, and I'm sure you do too, if like, if that's real or if it's a completely like personal subjective experience that we project onto the yeah, world. Right. And if, if it's not possible that every person, every aging person, you know, feels this way. Sure. And in some, I was thinking today, like in some ways it doesn't totally matter. Like, it's the same feeling. Um, take for instance, like I, I always find it really interesting to see like portrayals of uh, cultures of the arts, like where there's an infrastructure. Like just think about even like the commercials we grew up with, or shows where every protagonist in a com- commercial or a show or rom com or whatever is like an architect Mm -hmm. or um yeah an author or a uh designer or some something like that like creative roles like that was those were the commercials we had right like the person going into the big the big meeting and presenting their presentation and all that Mm -hmm. um and you know i feel completely like whatever social infrastructure that was representing if it was ever real it's now like completely crumbling mm-hmm. like there's no there's no actual infrastructure to tap into where you could have a like 
a career that is creatively creatively fulfilling and would like give you an income and stuff like that mm -hmm. i mean i mean you know a lot more of it than i do but like the writing racket and being pursuing being an author and stuff like that it's like it just seems like it could or academia mm -hmm. like a continuously shrinking right field and infrastructure where it's like right. there's no room for anybody mm -hmm. anymore other than like an extremely lucky and connected few or right or talented or whatever like yeah, yeah. but what i'm saying is man i'm i'm I'm, all, I'm off on a satellite orbit here but like what I'm saying is it, it kind of doesn't matter if that's real or not because the feeling is is real. It's like whether that is actually happening on some like actual real material social scale or it's just the feeling I have because I'm getting older and I'm, I don't have any actual personal connection to that world. The, the reality is still the same of like just kind of the despair of like I can't. I don't know how to tap into that. Mm -hmm. Say like, yeah, you know what I mean? I, I know what you mean. I see. Okay. Now I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Um, I think it's a, probably a combination of both. Yeah. Um, though there may have been this very small period of time in which that was possible that like those, uh, like commercials and TV shows that were uh, that they were representing and replicating that that there must have been some time in in the last 100 years where that was possible. You mm -hmm. know, it was like, you know, like for my example of that would be like, I definitely I'm embarrassed to say this, but like there's so many movies and TV shows that are about like a person who goes to like work in publishing. Yeah. You know, it's like like scrappy scrappy young ambition person tries to go work for a magazine tries to go work for a publishing house mm -hmm. it's like there may have been a time in which that was possible mm -hmm. but it but it probably never looked like what was depicted in those movies and those tv shows and those commercials and so it's it's a like a continuously refracted uh image you know, mm -hmm. that like it was never really that you live your life and you try to make sense of it and you you make meaning out of what you experience. Yeah. You know that I think that's my like refrain and like my my anchor of like positivity and hope, but maybe also nihilism at the same time is like it was never that way. Yeah. You know, it's like. Even when it seemed that seemed like that was a possibility, it actually wasn't for those people, for the Don Drapers. Right. You know, like that's what Mad Men is about. Mm -hmm. It's like this illusion of like America at its z pinnacle mm -hmm. of like people who are able to create meaning in media and culture and actually not being able to do it. Mm -hmm. It was actually it was an illusion, you know? Yeah. And. It's 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 never been a reality. It's never been possible. Right. And you always only have your life. Right. See what I mean? Totally. Totally. Yeah. No. Preach. I yeah, I'm totally with you there. 
And I think even like, it's not even necessarily that it's all artifice, like you're saying, mm-hmm. or you're not saying that. I'm agreeing. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm agreeing with you. Right. Like, there's elements of truth in it, but especially in the modern era, which is all that we know, what are, even whatever element of truth is there is only lasting for a few years. Like, there's no solid ground that we have at this point, and so the things that we're like most deeply subconsciously striving for or something that existed like in the nineties and the aughts and are gone now. Mm-hmm. And I think like, yeah, arriving at, but I, I, I do think it's possible then to like break through and hold to a certain value and define the next decade or era of like, yeah. And, and I'm, I, I have no idea how to say this, but um, this just brought up something for me. I'm reading this book called the golden notebook. Mm. Uh, I think you'd really like it. Lit fic sort of thing. Um, takes place in the 60s, I, I want to say. I don't know when it was actually written, but it's these two women who are like, who are part of a new generation coming out of the, like in the post-war war era. They're choosing to sort of live independently Um, I think one of them has a kid, but they both are single. Like they're both, you know, divorcees. They're both involved in leftist politics. They're both feminists, basically like first wave feminists. And they're sort of struggling with the reality of how to like live with the consequences of their life. Um, it's, It's really good. There's a lot of like extremely like prescient themes for me at least, but this Gold, the golden notebook mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. doris lessing um mm-hmm. <clears throat> i found here, here here's an interesting passage everyone was going to be a great great writer but everyone do you know the really deadly skeleton in the communist closet the really awful truth it's that every one of the old party war horses you know people who imag- who you'd imagine had never had a thought of anything but part but the party for years Everyone had that old manuscript or wad of poems tucked away. Everyone was going to be the Gorky or the Mayakovsky of our time. Isn't it terrifying? Isn't it pathetic? Every one of them failed artists. I'm sure it's significant of something, but if only I knew what. <laughs> yeah. Whoosh, geez. Is it hot here or is it just me? <laughs> Anyways. I'm having trouble synthesizing these thoughts, but, um, yeah, I, I mean, I agree it in the end of like, there's, there's only sort of like that, that reaching through all the sort of like swirling cultural influences, which are like a mix of farce and reality and trying to grab onto like something you find true and real and just committing to that. And I think in the end that will be, socially and historically meaningful yeah um agreed yeah agreed reach 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 for that thing find your cave reach out and touch me (laughs) (laughs) reach out and touch what is it what is it oh wait reach out and touch faith i think he says faith yeah Mm -hmm. reach out and touch faith your own personal jesus yeah Depeche Mode. Let's put this. Let's put this thing in the Depeche Mode. Every time I sneeze, 
and throw out my neck. I think I hurt myself <laughs> today. Cash, Johnny Cash. As as much as I love Johnny Cash and I think that there's a um you know, real like thread connecting some of the things we're saying to to Johnny Cash. I'm very annoyed by much Johnny Cash worship. For sure. There's like a bumper sticker going around. I don't know if you've seen really? this. Really? It's like I don't I keep what it what does it say? It's like Johnny Cash is God or something like that. I've seen it on like a thousand cars. Really? What what age do you think It's just God bless Johnny Cash, I think. Oh is what yeah, it is. yeah, 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 yeah. What what age do you think <laughs> is the dividing line where you basically can't like have new thoughts and you do just become <laughs> regressive and reactionary? I, I, I think it's biological. And I think Johnny Cash crossed that line at some point in his life. Uh, it was, okay, so, so can you re- rephrase the question? It's it's what what age do you think will be <laughs> when we cannot like w- when we will sure only be reactionary in thought. I I fear that it's sooner than we think. Yeah, I I hate to say it. I I have been checking myself for reactionary thoughts. Shit. In, in the okay, last I year. love Squid Game. Um, right, fork knife is, is rules. Fork knife it's, is so it's, fun. It's really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. It, it. I don't think there's any uh, any real answer to that question. I, I think mean, I, th- I think there's something hormonal that happens. I I agree with that, uh, but I also think that spirituality is real. Science is real. It's, it's, it's <laughs> what I mean. <laughs> no, what I mean by that is like. There's such a thing as wisdom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is my yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, you don't, like, you, you get to that point because of attitudes and mindsets that have you have reinforced and entrenched. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to get to that point, and most people end up there. But I think this is the, this is not unique to our era. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's what I was going to say to the things you we were saying before is like these are questions that do feel unique to us right now that like we are uh you know experiencing some some profound death of like meaning and and uh whatever it else we were talking about before yeah all that stuff all that stuff the bad stuff but like the challenge or the prospect of reaching a point in your older age or in your life of like graciousness and uh creativity yeah that that's a tale as old as time that's true that's the human condition my bro no you're right you're right hashtag goals that's hashtag what goals. that's what magic camp is all about yeah becoming a open-minded 90 year old that's it, right? Picture of uh, Picasso. Have you ever seen like older Picasso in, in the bed? Stripe, in the stripy shirt? Yeah, drawing in bed. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've watched any episodes of We're Here, but there's Not yet. there's one uh, like this guy who does drag in like Idaho, and he lives with his grandpa who's like ninety eight, 
and is like, I just think it's the greatest thing. Like I absolutely, it's, it's incredibly sweet. He's there you go. 100% supportive and, oh, it's, it's, it's very beautiful actually. Right. Yeah. So let's not flatter ourselves into believing that our era is the only one in which people were faced with these choices. Fuck. Yes. Mic, mic drop. Yeah, and you know what? Maybe, maybe also, uh, we've all cut the cord on cable. Maybe that maybe that'll make a huge difference too. <laughs> How do you mean? Because I think TV is a unique evil that perhaps is. Well, we still get it. K- K- we don't have any less exposure to it. We have more. Well, I I mean cable, as a result of co- cable, cutting the cable, cable TV yeah. being, being a unique. but now we have streaming, which is arguably just as bad, if not worse. True. Yeah. All right. Well, let's we don't have to get into that. All right. We should probably wrap it up. We should probably wrap it up. This is a this is a marathon. Holy shit! It's late. Um, wouldst thou like to? <laughs> wouldst thou like to eat a chalupa? God damn yes, I would. Shit. Take me to your seance. Float me up in the air. I, I'll mash up a baby. I'll do anything for that chalupa. Mash <laughs> up. Oh, my God. Um, cool. All right. Well, this is Magic Camp. boo and happy Halloween. Um, watch The Witch. Don't watch Hereditary. Skip it. Yep. Uh, look And look at some Goya. Buy some Goya. I I doubt they're selling it on art.com, but maybe. Yeah. All right, y'all. Peace out. Happy Halloween. Crappy Halloweeners. Bye-bye.